0: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you as always. Appreciate you joining us. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. We got a lot to get to today. It's a busy time. Here we go. Let's buckle up. We got the whole second half of the year to go and we're in prime position, which is a really good thing. By the way, on Twitter, it's at Show. I'm Jeff. That's Tom, Director Matthew in the house as well. Whoo! Okay. All right. 41 to 3 will work, but uh, I'm thinking bigger picture right now. First of all, I think we got to think about how great a game we're in store for on Saturday night. Uh, this is, it's funny, a, a listener and longtime supporter of the Jeff Cameron Show uh, asked me on Twitter, uh, I saw it anyhow, very early this morning. I think he asked me yesterday. Uh, would this would this be a cat five for Duke? Have I ever declared a cat five for Duke? And I have never declared a cat five for Duke. And I don't think I am here. But this would be the closest. This would be the closest. Maybe we would ever come. Uh, Duke's good. More on them in a moment. Let's kind of do big picture stuff here for a second to start the show. Midseason report, if you will. Let's start with the obvious. After all, this is a Florida State program uh, themed program. Jeff Cameron show is uh, that has a lot to say about the rest of college football. It's true. Hell, for that matter, baseball, the NFL, antiques, your city, history, nature wanting to kill you, any number of other things. But central theme is Florida State. The Noles have played six games. The Noles have won six games, three at home, two on the road, one neutral site. Average score of those games, 42 to 18. 42 to 18. The game Saturday went exactly the way we thought it would, Looking at the numbers right here before me, yep, defense dominated an outman team with very few weapons, good work defense, offense looked good, well, sprinkling in, as they like to do every week, a series that makes you wonder, what in the hell is Mike Norvell doing? What in the hell is Jordan Travis doing? What in the hell with this offensive line? Any number of, Any number of phrases you've used at various points watching this offense, but it's always, and this is the caveat we have every week when we have the conversation. It's very difficult to have a problem with an offense when they have 535 total yards, 344 passing yards, 191 rushing yards, 22 first downs, and they beat that ass. This is our quandary every week when we're like, yeah, but that doesn't look right, and this isn't good, and I wish this was better. And then you're like, eh, it's 41-3, to 3, man, and they did whatever they wanted to do. But now it does get serious, and I said buckle up at the start of the show because now you're getting clearer pictures every Saturday. Those are being provided for you. You look around the country, you watch these other teams, and you assess them the way you assess us, and you say, where do we fit? And there are question marks, and there are things that you like and things that you worry about and matchups that are off in the distance that you know are going to be problematic, and I see several of them. Beginning with Saturday's game against Duke, we probably catch a big-time break. That Riley Leonard, I don't think he's going to play. I know they're going to try to convince us he's going to play. They already did. But I don't think it's likely. And if he does play, he'll be half of what he normally is. Because he's normally an exceptional runner. Not a good runner, an exceptional runner. As in, he can run away from you. He's not one of these guys that just makes you miss and, you know, it's a 15-yard gain. Like, he can take it to the house. He's a good runner. And he's a really good thrower. He's an NFL quarterback. He's going to go to the league. At some point, he'll go to the league. So if he's not playing, Florida State will be, obviously, as we already know from the favorite out in Vegas, I think I saw 15, did I see 15? Is that what I saw?
2: Yeah, open that I saw 15 and a half. Yeah. 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 Which tells you what Vegas thinks they about think the quarterbacks. Yeah, they
0: don't think yeah. he's playing. So here's the deal. I mean, when you, when you really look at what's going to happen here, Duke is, and it's strange to say it, but I've watched a lot of them, partially because I've had money on them. Partially because I kind of thought that was a great story last year. Mike Elko's a really good coach. They won nine games a year ago. And you're like, look at Duke. Okay. And they were a team that a year ago I watched and would make money off of because a lot of people just think, as we are want to do and as history suggests we should be, eh, Duke's Duke. But they weren't Duke. They were good. They were like like a legitimate football team. And they're an even more legitimate football team now. They're very physical on the defensive line. That is a problem. They Our offensive line – is average. Their defensive line is good. This will be an interesting matchup. You'd like to get healthy. You'd like to be healthy this week. It's an important week to get right. You're going to have to run an offense. It cannot be like it was at Clemson when you couldn't run the ball and you just threw it up. That that cannot be the default. You're going to have to run an offense. So it'll be interesting to see who's available here because Duke will defend. And that is a... (sighs) That's a stiff test for this offensive line this week. They're not terrible on the back end. They don't mind playing man. They don't mind doing it. They've got decent athletes to run with our studs. Now, very few teams can match up corner for receiver when that receiver's Keon Coleman. And if that receiver's Johnny Wilson, if he's back healthy, it's a problem because he's six seven. So you've got some advantages there, but I think you're going to have to see the other aspects of the offense come to play if Florida State is able to win this game and you know certainly come anywhere close to Covering that spread. Look, Duke beat Clemson. Their only loss was in the closing seconds to a pretty good Notre Dame team. So if you want to know what they are athletically, those are two athletic teams. Those are two physical teams. And Duke was there with both. So it's not a mirage. That's who they are. They're pretty damn good. They just got done trouncing NC State 24-3 to without without their starting quarterback. Now, NC State's offense isn't very good, and as I said, Duke's defense is, so that explains away the three, but that's a dominating performance for a team with a backup quarterback. That's how much better this version of Duke is under Elko than they were in years past. In the past, if they lost a Daniel Jones or a starting quarterback of any kind, they were screwed. The guy behind him wasn't anywhere close to the caliber of player that they had at that position. Now, they'll just go and win a game. I mean, they can compete in those situations. So it, it, it starts now. And I, and I, you know, we'll see if Miami has quit by the time they get here. There's a chance they have. I hope they have because they, too, aren't a bad football team. They came out and played hard in that game against North Carolina. They didn't quit, they didn't roll over after that situation. Now they got outscored 24 to nothing and started the second half. That'll hurt your feelings. And it made mine spring with joy. But that's another game that concerns me if they care to play. Miami went into that North Carolina game with the number two one two second length second-ranked defense against the run in the country. Carolina ran for over 200 yards on them. Carolina's going to be a problem if we face them in the ACC championship game, especially now with Tez. This is not good. We've got a lot of big games coming up. This second half is going to be fun. Now, you got a chance to obviously bludgeon Wake, and we should. We should take every opportunity to bludgeon Wake. You should beat Wake hopefully by 80. Run it up, Mike. When you get that chance, run it up. We're not worried about Wake right now. We're worried about Duke. But you know what I'm saying. Like, you've got a little breather in there. I still maintain Florida's going to play us tough down there. And then those bastards get some confidence because Graham Mertz throws for over 400 yards and they come back down 10 in the final four minutes to beat South Carolina. And who knows? Maybe they begin to believe. So, I think the second half of the season features a Florida State team that better have their ducks in a row. Better start playing consistently well across the board. Now, if you're looking for encouraging signs, man... I will tell you that you got to be pretty proud of this defense right now. That Syracuse team was thoroughly outmatched. I'm with you. That's that's not – but this defense has been trending in the right direction lately. It certainly helps when you have a king dent back. You can tell that, huh? You can tell that. If I were doing – if I wanted to, and I had it in my notes to do this because I keep forgetting to to praise people that deserve praising. And I should say to you, I think I heard you last night, had it on the background. You you guys were doing the smash, and you asked Ira a series of questions, and one of the questions was whatever it was that he was happy about and and then the one that has him concerned. And he said offensive line has him concerned. That's the right answer. Uh, Offensive line has me concerned too. But um, he he talked about some of the surprises. And for me, buddy, we got to give credit to Byron Turner, and we got to give credit to Malcolm Ray. Those two players specifically have been very good for this team. Malcolm Ray's been better than Fabian Lovett, period. So, I mean, that that's surprising. I don't think we thought that was going to be the case, but it is.
2: Uh, he was 6th or 7th in the list when you go through the defensive interior of the preseason, and then, you know, he rotates in and you say, why is 99 in? In the beginning, in the beginning. And then by this point in the season, you're saying, well, pass deflections, stout against the run, he's more than just – your third-level rotational piece. He is a reason why your defensive interior snap counts are so low throughout the game for everybody across the board. Mm -hmm. It's because a player like him, in addition to Dennis Briggs, who has been very good this year. Love Dennis. They let you get there with five or six legitimate options, and and Malcolm was an afterthought. He should not be any longer. Yeah, agreed.
0: Yeah, um, it's interesting to watch him play. He makes plays. That He's not just a filler. He makes plays. Correct. He changes games. He is a impactful player. And Byron Turner, I would have told you, I I didn't think he was going to be on the team much longer. I mean, I didn't think he was of any use. And look at him. Plays well. Plays well consistently when he's in there. Proud of him, too. Uh, so that that's kind of the biggest surprise. And I guess the disappointment for me at this point is that this just – and we haven't seen it healthy, so maybe this is unfair, but I – Oh, more praise. One other praiseworthy gentleman at the halfway point that really probably needs to be praised every week we come in here, Darius Washington. Holy moly, that kid, no matter where you put him on the offensive line, is a plus player. Hopefully he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. got hurt, and that sucks because we need him. When he fills in, he's a plus player. And it's um, you know, it's, it's surprising to see that, but I, I think he's maybe starter-worthy, uh, Tom. I think he may be starter-worthy uh we we're not getting great play from the guards I think that's just a nice way to say it that's a fair way to say
2: it that's yeah, a nice way to say not getting it. great play from the guards rotating some pieces in and out <laughs> there
0: <laughs> and none of them have been good it's been sort of a mm, okay yeah and that that's where you get concerned in a matchup like this, this is a physical defensive line I, I i'm curious to see how this goes i think we're going to be in for a primetime game that's worthy of the hype I'm a, I'm a little worried. I find that interesting. I, I'm less worried
2: than you are okay. in this case.
0: I think, well, Duke, go ahead. I, I, I did throw out the huge caveat, Tom, that if without Riley Leonard, that is not the same team. No,
2: agreed all the way. I just, if you look at what Clemson did between the 20s, they ran all over this Duke defense. They ran all over him. In short, Syracuse defense performed better against Clemson's ground attack yeah. than Duke did. Right, I mean, that's that's empirical. That's just true. Shipley under four yards a carry against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Shipley over six yards a carry against Duke. Yeah. No- Notre Dame somehow only scored, you know, barely enough points in that situation. Uh, that was a physical battle. But they averaged six yards a play.
0: That's not nothing. It's yeah, not great, yeah. but that's not terrible. I'm, my point was that you're not going to be able to just line up and be average up, up front like we have been at times on the yeah. offensive line and get away with just deciding, all right, well, this isn't working. Let's exploit it on the outside. That's not gonna. That's not gonna be it. You have to run an offense. No, oddly, oddly enough,
2: I think this is a week where you're going to be able to be more successful running the football than you would think on paper. But because see, they're running up a lot of numbers, Duke is that they played two legitimate games. Do not, you know, do not misunderstand. Yeah, they played two legitimate games and they played well in both. In of those both games. those games. But when you're talking about, and the coaching staff said today that they're top ten in basically every category. Well. I mean, a lot of these games you can rack up some serious numbers by bringing good, coordinated efforts to the table. They're not going to make mistakes, but I don't think that this is an overwhelming challenge in the way that Clemson's defense is.
0: And I'm if not you, comparing it, Clemson's. De- I mean, uh, Duke's defense to Clemson's. But if you look at the stats, you, they would say that they're about even.
2: I, I don't agree with that.
0: I agree with you on that, and I would say that this is all convenient for all of us to make our arguments using certain specific stats from certain games because I would tell you that I knew we were going to run the ball all over Syracuse because we pre-guessed right. it. Syracuse doesn't match up with us. They can run that stupid-ass 3-3-5 all they want. We're going to run them down, up their ass every year. That, that's a, it's a silly defense against us. You, we dominate it. We did it last year, did it again. This year is going to keep happening. I hope they keep running that. But for whatever reason, it confuses the hell out of people. Other people. Other people. Not us.
2: Well, because we don't – yes, the style of runs that we break out against that defense fit it nicely, and we break our own tendencies. We did it last year. We did it again this year. Yeah. You know, uh, D-Rob came on last night in the smash, and he broke it down in terms of the numbers – not a whole lot of gap, mostly zone runs. Yeah. They did that last
0: year, so it's not it's yeah. not novel. I love that we just, I mean, we're fine against it. We we own them. I mean, that game went exactly the way I thought it would go. We dominated on defense, and we were able to do kind of what we wanted to do on offense.
2: I just like the comparison point that Syracuse did much better against Clemson's ground attack than Duke did. Clemson was able to run between the 20s at will. And so, while I'm not saying that we are a gifted running team like we were last yeah. season, yeah, I'm saying there's an opportunity here for Florida State to get Really, some head of steam on the ground. Changed some of the momentum of the game in terms of at minimum field position, yeah. time of possession, put pressure on the on the Duke offense to respond. This is a good fit for us. Leonard or not, I, I, I like the fit of where this game is.
0: I'm not picking us to lose. I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression. But well-coached teams that are physical demand that you earn it. And we haven't always had to earn it. So they have to earn it. You have to go out and earn what you get. Not saying we can't. Not saying we won't. But they have to be – I hope their mind's right for this game because that is a physical team on the other side. They may be outmanned athletically, which is what you're pointing to, and I don't disagree with that. But they're smart, they're well-coached, and they hit. So it's going to be that
2: you got to go take it. Well, the issue with, with Saturday's game, if you're going to take one, is situational. It's about situations and what are we doing You know, in certain moments where you scratch your head and you say, really? That That's the de- decision we're going to make in a red zone possession? There's really two or three moments that you could be mad about. The rest of it is A-OK. It's aces. So we're trending in the right way, I think, substance-wise. Mm-hmm. And that's what getting back home mattered. Oh, a yeah, getting of games. some rest mattered. Yeah. Getting, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And we got a lot of what we needed around the country uh, on Saturday. This, this is a fun time. I love that we're launching into this right now. Obviously, it's all made possible by the fact that you're 6-0. and You know, you... you No matter what it looked like at times, you're 6-0. You did go on the road and snap a losing streak to Clemson. You beat that team. You really outperformed and shined greatly in the second half against LSU. And I actually think the further removed we get from that game, the more impressive it is because not that LSU, we know what they are defensively, but LSU offensively is good. They put it on Auburn. Well, and Jaden Daniels is having a season. I mean, he's doing a lot of what he did last year. He's having a great year, and we owned his ass in the second half against LSU. That was a great performance from the Florida State defense in that game. So you've earned the 6-0, you've earned the ranking, you've earned the right to get excited about the rest of the way. I'm pointing out that the, so the landmines here are different. Because a year ago, when we came out of the stretch of losing three straight games, I looked at the schedule and went, oh, this is cake. I, I think we match up well here. A lot of these teams are hurt. A lot of them are offensively deficient. You know, when we looked at Georgia Tech and we looked at Syracuse and we looked at teams like that, I was like, eh, we're probably going to beat that ass in a lot of these games. And we did. But I don't do that this year. This year we're 6-0 and and we survived that stretch of the first four where he said, can you go 2-0 and in the two biggest games? And we did. But now I look up and realize, okay, it's there for you, but you got to play well. You'll have to play well against Duke. Normally you see Duke on the schedule, you go automatic win. You're not saying that this year. you got to play. And you're going to do the same thing with, I think, Really several of these teams that remain, not Wake. <laughs> I think you should you should hammer right. Wake.
2: Yeah, no, you've gotta earn it is correct. It, at first when I saw that line, it was during the four o'clock window yesterday, the NFL is fifteen and a half. I thought, wow. Two things. Number one, of course, they don't Vegas doesn't think the quarterback is gonna go for Duke, but number two, fifteen and a half? That feels like a lot. I mean, it was only seven just on the other side of seventeen for Syracuse. You know, like so you're just saying that. Syracuse and Duke pose about the same level of challenge to Florida State, but the more time I've had to reflect on it and look at some of the numbers, I have not looked at Duke yet in depth beyond the Clemson game because I had to do it the other way when we were previewing Clemson. The better I feel. I look at that coaching staff today, again, Monday press conferences, this is not Clemson week where Mike Norvell looks shook by what he saw. Oh, right, no, he's happy,
0: yeah. They are
2: happy. There's content, there's confidence in their eyes. Let's
0: hope they're not content. Let's hope that there is, you know, confidence and excitement, and enthusiasm. Can't be content. Got to keep getting better. He always preaches that. I think that's what he wants. I mean, they were satisfied with the game, is what you are trying to say. Yeah. yeah. But they, you know, you watch that game too. There's several moments where you're like, again, with this nonsense. But again, the margin is so wide that we can have again becau- with this nonsense. It's because our talent level is so much better. We've yeah. raised the floor to a point where you can do that. I mean, we scored 66 points on Southern Miss, and you and I thought we played like ass.
2: Didn't succeed on first and second no. down. Had to draw it up in the dirt in a couple of plays to extend drives. That's yeah. what I mean. You know, yeah.
0: you got to look at these things objectively. Like, I don't. Syracuse was in trouble when they got off the bus. Beat up. Best talent is off the field. They're, on, they're in a losing streak. They've been hammered, beleaguered. They don't match up well
2: against us. The call of the game. Uh, this will be probably the fifth time I said this now, but the call of the game. First drive, second half. We send out all the reserves for our defensive <laughs> front. cold-blooded. And we get him in a third and nine. And they run it up the gut.
0: He's waving the white flag. Yes, he wanted to go home, Tom. It was obvious to me, too. It's the first drive of the second half in a 14-point game. Yeah, he's saying, well, Mike did something dumb down there on the five or else we'd really be getting blown out. So, Oh, boy, Dino. I mean,
2: he later knows. in the half, he
0: tries and he throws more. It, yeah. made, it made no sense. He <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> it's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Chant TV. Hopefully things are getting ironed out here. I can I can hear the clicks too. It's weird. Yeah, a moment ago when when the song kicked in, it was doing a little clickety do in uh, in my headset. So I don't know what's happening with the uh, with the stuff here, but hopefully everybody's reset and good to go. You don't see anything over there. We're good. No.
2: It's uh, strange. Most everybody who's refreshed has had a clean audio feed since then. So it's. Likely YouTube slash Google backend stuff.
0: Uh, Nick wants to know if there are any updates on the eligibility for Daryl Jackson. Yes, they made those already. It's in the postseason that he would be able to play. But that's it. And it would have to be uh, the college football playoff, not the ACC championship.
2: Right, and or bowl. Of course, we're shooting for the playoff, but yeah, yeah, the bowl situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Hey, six games in, we're bowl eligible, everybody. I know nobody goes crazy about being bowl eligible, but uh, given where we were a couple years ago, I'd say six in, six wins, bowl eligible. Let's go.
2: Time was recently that we were thrilled about being bowl eligible. That is true.
0: We'd cross our fingers. Can we be bowl eligible? I remember we did bowl eligible shows. We did. We did. So it's, it's going to be a weird—first uh, of all, we got the game of the year this weekend. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to sit down and really thoroughly enjoy it, but it was incredible, Washington and Oregon. That was the best football game I've seen in a long time. A lot of fun to watch that game play out. You had everything. You had a little bit of everything. You didn't like the game? Oh, no. It, it was tainted by Dan Lanning going yeah. full crazy. Yeah, but it was an awesome game. It was incredible. Those two quarterbacks are phenomenal. They continue to be, and those receivers are really—they good. They got talent galore. That's a fun team to watch. Those two teams are really good. That would be a fun. You uh, may a rematch. We'll see if we do. It really—if you think about the weekend, you had the Hail Mary in the Houston game. You got Dion blowing a twenty-nine to nothing lead, and then asking whether or not his players love football the same way he does. It's always him. Okay, Dion, man, shut up. You sound like a freaking idiot. After every game, after every game, he says something asinine. Then you got Jimbo losing on the road again, which is another game on the road. It's another loss for Texas A&M. Eight consecutive losses on the road for Texas A&M, everybody. You know, let's do it. I think they're going to pull the trigger. That'll be it. I'd fire his ass. They wanted to a year ago, but you most definitely have to now. He's been there six years. Six years. And they're looking like an average-ass team with a ton of talent. A ton of talent. He's accomplished nothing in six years with that price tag. He has a trophy. (laughs) Now, he'll get more than 70 million to walk away. And, you know, like a lot of these guys, he'll probably get another opportunity. Uh, I would just say this about him, and it's a really complex case. Enjoy the 70 million plus you'll receive to walk away. And take some of that money to go work on yourself and get some help. He probably views psychiatry as quackery. But there's a reason. And here's what I mean by this. I would be willing to bet it. I'd be willing to bet. Jimbo Fisher is one of two or three guys in the game of college football that I would put up there against anybody in terms of acumen for football. Knowing the game. X's and O's. The understanding of the history of the game, its players, where offenses and defense originated, where, you know, what are the bastardizations and the spinoffs of all the different formations. He's got an encyclopedic memory of every game that he's ever witnessed, been a part of, played in, or coached. He's brilliant. Legitimately. 100% standby. it. He's probably smarter than 99.9% of the people coaching college football. And look at what we're seeing. He can recruit his ass off. His player evaluation is amazing. So what gives? That has to be about you, man. If you know more than everybody else, and he does, if you understand the game at a depth than most people do, what gives? Well, there are a lot of reasons for that, some of which are not his fault. But that guy's broken. Nobody wants to work for him. Nobody wants to play for him. Nobody's running through walls for that guy. And people leave like Mike Elko the second they can. The second they can, and we saw it at the end here, people, people rode the hell out as soon as they could because it takes a lot more to lead than just have the knowledge. Lots of people have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things. It doesn't always make them great leaders, and it's weird to watch because there's a part of me that, again, could praise him all day. I, I had the good fortune of listening to that in-depth knowledge I just described every Sunday in long conversations, sometimes really nuanced, interesting conversations at length about football, and I came away mesmerized about his knowledge. I will always say that about him. And yet, because he's broken, because he has a hard time relating and working with other people in any really constructive way, all relationships that he's involved in fall apart. I'm not talking about his marriage. That's personal. That's whatever. I'm just talking about work relationships. All of his work relationships fall to pieces. You know, listen... When you meet the guy who's been through six divorces, and I'm not saying he has, but when you meet the guy who's been through six divorces and he's sitting across from you at the bar and he's telling you about how much his ex-wives suck, I think you know the deal. Come on, buddy. There's one common denominator here. So that's him in a nutshell, and it's something to watch. It's really weird because I'll do something else. Like Think about what we're watching with, say, Miami. When you watch Miami, They got good young talent. I'm a little worried about them. They've got a lot of very good young talent.
2: Physical, downhill. Yes, yes.
0: They got a lot of dudes, man. When you watch them, you're like, okay, this is going to be a problem. They got some guys. But that's his M.O. Mario is always recruited well. But we can easily identify his problem, too. That would be the in-game stuff. You know, the actual coaching on Saturdays kind of eludes him struggles in that realm, but he's an elite recruiter. And so it's when you got a guy like that, it's always a race against time. How quickly do you lose the people that you bring in? Maybe they're elite. Maybe they're really good. The quickest way to lose them is to lose games to, like, I don't know, Georgia Tech because you don't take a knee. Now you lose a game. Now you lose a game to North Carolina, which there's no problem losing that game. North Carolina is legitimately good. Legitimately good. They've got... One of the best quarterbacks in the country. They've got a running game. They're better on defense than I thought they were going to be. Up until Saturday night, they hadn't given up a game where they gave up 30 points. They, nobody's been over 24. Now, 31 was in garbage time. They already had that game won. It was over. So, and now they've got an electrifying receiver to go along with the good one they already had. So, that, it, we got that, we'll cross that bridge. That's going to be a good game. The ACC may end up getting what they want. If we play North Carolina in the ACC championship game, that could be a classic 38-35 huge ratings holy moly what a fun game this is to watch. The ACC rarely gets that in a championship game.
2: Well, the ACC is a conference this is year good. is a lot better.
0: It's a lot better. They've got yep. three very good teams, two really good teams. I think Florida State and North Carolina are legitimately really good.
2: But if you're talking about being battle tested at the end of a season, mm-hmm. like the ACC in a lot of these years, the last 15 of them, their champions not that tested by the conference schedule. This year that's the opposite. Whoever wins this conference, and if it's us, we go to the playoff. We will be more ready for having played in the ACC than it previous seasons of what the ACC brings to the table. This is it's a tough league, and it I is. don't usually we say that tongue in cheek. Like a oh, tough league. No, it and is. It, this is a tough league this year.
0: It's good to see Louisville lose over the weekend, and we first guessed the it. sucker bet of the weekend. Yeah, it was easy, right? It was easy, but I, you know, that we thought that's a bad line. They got their ass kicked. And that was an inept pit team prior to that game. So, so they're out of discussion. Goodbye. Yeah, and yeah. I yeah. said before the break, we've got a much clearer picture here now. Southern Cal. Goodbye. Thanks for playing. You're not part of the picture anymore. You've been on the fence. You've been kind of up against the ropes with a butt sorry defense since the uh, first game of the year, and now it finally caught up with you. You got outplayed. You were you were actually physically inferior. That was interesting to watch. So they got beat up. See, and they've still got a lot of tough games. Well,
2: but that can tell us more about the Oregon Washington game that we just watched. Is it a really compelling game between number 15 and number 17 or number 5 and number 7? USC can help color that spectrum a little Absolutely bit. Absolutely they could. Yeah.
0: Should be a lot of fun. Uh so we get a clearer picture there. Okay, so Oregon loses that game to Washington fun game to watch. We'll see what they go on to do. Maybe the uh maybe the first of two games that they play against one another. I would have given anything to be in that stadium this Saturday, though. That is, that is the perfect weather. You get a matchup like that, man. It was overcast. Fun.
2: My man is
0: nuts. Dan Lanning is nuts. He's aggressive.
2: Too much. Yes. That's too much. You know, we're talking about fourth and it's goal from the four. It's just too much, guys.
0: It's just too much. We're
2: talking about fourth and goal from the four. Our head coach is coached with
0: that coach. And you're like, fellas. Yeah. Fellas. Well, my, my, what Mike did in our game <laughs> was the most disrespectful thing I've seen yeah. in a long time. That is just, you are impotent, Syracuse. I don't think you ha- you pose any threat whatsoever. I'm just going to go for it willy-nilly. Hell, we can put it back on the 11. I'm going to go for it from the 11. What do I care? You can't score. We're going to roll it left and shrink the field. The whole thing was silly. <laughs> I mean, that sequence was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. But Dan- and, and you could tell he knew it. He knew it. But Dan Landing said, "Hold my beer," and then did a keg stand. Well, I certainly would have punted there.
2: <laughs> well, no, it's it's the one before half. Yes, yes. Guy, you, I mean, it's a one point game at half. You might be losing, but you know what? Who's running into the tunnel with more vigor if it's yeah. a one point game at half? And then you do it again in the third quarter. Think those six points would have mattered down the stretch?
0: To his credit, oh, unlike half God. the coaches we saw after their losses this week, he owned it. That's, he he owned it. Yeah, and so did Mike. Yeah, Mike knew he did it. Mike yeah. knew he did it when, he, at the time, I, man. We teach Jordan two hands. He didn't do that. No here, crystal ball here. Here you go, man. When, when that, when he talked about it, you could tell that was hubris. He went for it because he was mad. Yeah. Well, Mike, that's not a reason to go for it. I'm mad. Don't do that, man. Get a hold of yourself. When I talk about immaturity, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about social graces. I'm talking about dumb stuff like that. Now, I'm not worried about it. And you could make an argument that given where they were on the football field and what Syracuse offense was likely not to do, that it led to your next points. I mean, you just buried them down there on their five. They weren't right, going right. anywhere. So, yeah. you know, I get that side of it. I'd have taken the three there because it would put you up 17. But anyhow. Yeah. 17 a good number. It's a good number. But it was a silly move. It was a silly mistake, born out of frustration. I would
2: say you could roll your backups out there sooner at 17, but he doesn't care. He'll roll them out. He's like, yeah, (laughs) go
0: ahead. play right now. (laughs) Any freshmen want to go in? Uh, They're doing nothing. Come on, guys. Saturday was a great game for Shane Brown. Yeah, it was. Really want to point that out. Great yeah. game to see him look more aggressive. You're beginning to see the growth of Azaria Thomas, really, he's consistently playing pretty well now.
2: He's now up on that edge, too.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of him right now. With Getting Akeem Dent back was huge. That was obvious. We kind of know where to line up. It's, it's amazing. And it no, is Nobody
2: weird. questions him. Nobody no. is saying, what should I do? Communication they just
0: suddenly gets better, doesn't it? He points and they go.
2: You know, that's the veteran presence. It's the difference. A traffic cop that nobody questions because he's 6'5 and jacked, you know.
0: There's traffic cops you are like, you're a rental cop. Yeah, you're, Don't you're not me. doing anything. Then there are guys who go, oh Yeah, that's yes, a problem. Absolutely. Well, I, and listen, you know, microcosm, big picture. We can do this thing where after the game, it's nice to see when Mike knows that it, it was a mistake or and he owns it like that. I'm watching that post game. Like, okay, so you just had a kid and Travis Hunter get head-topped for two hundred and well, I got the number here. That kid, the I am kid, had two hundred and ninety four yards receiving. Yeah. Thirteen receptions. You know how many you know how many receptions he had at half? Zero. Zero. I did not know that. That's how many points that's, Stanford had. That's I, on the table. That yeah. is that is unsheathed. Well,
2: now, that kid's about to get paid either by the next institution that's going to go
0: right. pay for his services in college or the pros. So Travis Hunter gets brutalized to the tune of 294 yards. Oh, tragic, I know. And Dion blows that lead, and after the game, well, I, I just don't know if they have the same love for football that I have. That ain't going to work. That's a problem. It's not the first time. That's going to be an implosion. Should have lost last week to Arizona State. Man, that's tough. You got a kid reeling, and now you're questioning whether or not he loves football?
2: And there's Colorado State on top of it. You know, that performance was mm-hmm. – it's Colorado State, it's folks. It's
0: just don't do that, man. Well, thats They didn't lose the game in the second half because they don't love football the way you love football. That's right. crazy person well, talk.
2: And now the USC rally, in light of what Notre Dame did to USC, looks a little bit different, you know, about what, what's yeah. the capability yeah. of the Trojans. But what we all knew in week one, though, was within a quarter – I was watching at the flat in Orlando because we had the game later in the night. Watching TCU give 15 yards of cushion in the first drive of the game, their secondary. Mm-hmm. I looked at Jamie. I like, go, "Oh, yeah, that's this, a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> this is the first drive of the game, so they're te- they're entering the stadium saying we can't cover them, and it's Colorado.
0: Yeah, yikes. Yeah,
2: that's a drop off from going to the college football playoff to giving 15 yard cushions to Colorado in week one. Well,
0: we we saw the. Um... That guy in Orlando, or I ran into that guy in Orlando who went to TCU, and he was like, man, I wish I could have got a hold of you sooner. That I would have told you to take Colorado. We lost 24 players, and like nine of them were huge starters for us. I was, He was scared to death. They were going to get blown out all year. They've actually started to play better. They played really well on Saturday out of nowhere.
2: It's because experience. <laughs> Forced experience.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Keon Coleman, man. That is, woo, woo, that's a first-round talent right there. That is silly. Good job getting him out of the portal. My God. we needed that. That's a different level player right there. Uh,
2: what are we without him?
0: We're still a good team, but, but it, you know, it's an interesting debate. We certainly were a little bit more diverse without Johnny Wilson out there, and that's not Johnny's fault. I'm saying you can learn from this. You can absolutely learn from this. Well, and the underneath game
2: opened up everything. Like that shot down the field. What's different about the shot that we completed in rhythm? He's open. Yeah, he's wide open. It's not one-on-one. He's pre- wide open. Right, because their eyes are closer to the line of scrimmage. We started underneath.
0: Would make mention here um, the same sort of hoo-hoo-hoo laugh that I have when I see a special athlete like that. Hakeem. Dude. That is different. Yep. Do you think the vast majority of our rival fans who happened to be tuned in in that moment went, Now are you kidding me? Really? That's what's waiting in the wings? That guy? That monster of a man running that fast with those moves? That was a runaway freight train. The second he caught it, you're like, that's housed. He's going to abuse this dude and did and then proceeded to do the same to everybody else. He's either going to run away, by, or over you. That is a big, strong man who has an awful lot of what-for to him. And he loves to block, which tells yes. you he's not afraid. That's the what for.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. he's not afraid. And uh, I hope that, yeah, that maybe a Miami fan or a Florida fan, maybe even a Clemson fan, I remember years ago, it was garbage time against Louisville. It was Clemson's biggest game of the year. Mm-hmm. Fourth quarter, they hand the ball off. It's one touch to touchdown for this kid named ETN. Yeah, and you're like, damn it. And in one play, I you're thought, like, yep. oh,
0: no. Oh, anybody that's watching our game late went, really? So that's what's about to be? <laughs> yeah, it is. So next year, when you line up with Akeem, And Destin Hill. Okay, so you got two magnificent athletes right off the bat with those two. And we paid Keon $5 million to come back? (laughs) Uh, He's going to get paid that in the first round of the NFL draft. But then you have, you know, uh, let's hope that he stays. I'm sure he's getting frustrated. But Portier will be a starter next year. And there's your three right there. You're good. And you've got more on the way. Yes, you do. It's a good receiver class. And God forbid Vendravious Jacobs ever gets his head on straight, then you're really rolling. So I'm not worried about that. They got dudes. Mm. The Hakeem touchdown, and a day that had electrifying moments, and Keon Coleman taking over the game with the punt returns to go along with the, the big catches, I'm thinking, I walked out of there going, man, that the Hakeem Williams touchdown is my favorite touchdown of the year. Did you watch the
2: Keon Coleman availability after the game? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And Keon says, I got up out of my chair when I saw
0: that. (laughs) Keon's hilarious. The Peter Warwick shirt was sweet, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV.
1: The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at (laughs) orangetheoryfitness.com.
0: I'm getting slightly nervous the way that I'm getting slightly nervous about the fact that um, Josh Farmer has just been an animal. And he continues to be, and I am all but uh, certain now we're moving in the wrong direction as far as uh, my man taking it to the league. I think I'm a little worried.
2: May need to focus on Malcolm Ray and uh, what it would take to have him return (laughs) instead. Yeah, the price tag is going up. Retention price tag is going up. Yeah, he's... um... They kept showing verse on the sideline on the TV broadcast after the play. It's like,
0: man, show 44. 44 made the play. 44 dominated, and it's not the first time. 44 is uh, a dude, as we say. Every time you watch him, you're like, oh, man. The only game that wasn't true was the Boston College game, and we know he was sick, so that's what that was. Everything else has been him dominating. And uh, damn it, man. You know, it's like when you and I were watching uh, Pat Williams, wasn't it?
2: Well, that, but uh, Fiondu was. One oh, Kevin well.
0: Gelly, that's yeah. right. Yeah, when he started nailing threes on the regular, we we're like, really? We're going to just introduce the straight-on three, and it's going to be automatic. That's going to be part of your game too. Um, but yeah, so with him, we knew Farmer was poised to have a great season. Talked about it all camp. We came on these airwaves and said, "Man, Josh Farmer's a problem. He had just gotten so large in the off season. He's huge." And when he played with leverage and want to, you thought, this is not good. I mean, meaning, like, he could be good enough to go to the league after this year, and that's not what we anticipated. But uh, if, you, if you continue to get better up front like that, you're going to really be a problem for most teams you face in the run game. We do stop the run for the most part. I mean, you know, nobody stops it 100% of the time, but they uh, do a good job.
2: Traditional run especially. Absolutely. If if they're trying to run between the tackles, good luck. You you can try and do that all day. You're going to fail, but go for it. Knock yourself out.
0: Yeah, that's been the thing that is – yes, you're correct. In the traditional run game, when teams try to line up and bully us, they cannot do it. They cannot do it. Clemson couldn't do it either. And if they can't do it, I don't see anybody on this schedule that's going to Uh, do it. A couple of huge situational stops against LSU in
2: short yardage. Yeah, yeah. And and they can do something about it, that offense. And when you have Jaden Daniels as well. And we're able to make stops in those plays. It's just That defensive front is good. They're, they don't have the splashy stats in terms of sacks and tackles for loss on the edges that we thought they might have in the preseason. But you can tell week to week just how concerned opposing offenses and offensive coordinators are about Jared Verse, about Patrick Payton, but specifically five. They rolled it away from him all day. Mm-hmm. They double him, they roll away from him, and it just opens up these other opportunities for other guys to have big moments. And that's exactly what's happening. We thought the offense would look like that a little bit more. Who are you going to guard? You know, Who are you going to double and somebody's going to be wide open? That's been a little bit more touch and go. But the defensive line, I think, is doing exactly what we thought it was going to do, which is it eats because you have to pick your poison. And most teams are, are circling Jared versus the first option of what they're trying to shut
0: down. So if you get, you know, when, with the ability, you know, I talked about this when Clemson's rise happened. It frustrated me, um, you know, they were able to play a ton of guys constantly. And they were winning games going away, so they just played a ton of players. And you'd look, you look at participation chart after participation chart, and you'd be like, "They played 92 guys? What? I mean, like this, this is the silliest thing in the world. They just kept playing guys. Florida State's doing that right now. I mean, we play a lot of people every week. You're like, really? I don't know that I would put them in there, but okay. I mean, oh, th- th- there's a lot of that.
2: Quietly, a big moment for Conrad Hussey. I know that there was a special teams play he'd like to have back. You know, where he gets called for a hold, which was questionable Mm -hmm. but then there's a scrum afterwards where you get dinged for 15 and that and that's not good but you know he made the splash play a week ago at Virginia Tech against Virginia Tech that galvanized everybody I don't think it's an accident that we got a sack on the next play with violence because it woke the stadium up yeah. But he played a lot early in this game. Like he was rewarded with more snaps when the game was in the balance. They're trying, man. They're trying to, yes, elevate him quickly, and that's good to see.
0: Well, you recognize the talent. You see the ability. You know what he brings to the table. If he just has an understanding of what they're running, he's going to be a plus-plus player for you. He's going to be an impactful player for you, and it probably happens this year. And as Micah has said repeatedly, we're not just playing guys to play him. We think they can help us win games right now. And I think that is certainly true of Hussy. Sometimes I think they play guys just to play him, but there are guys <laughs> But there are guys that when they play him, you're like, yo oh, no no, he thinks that guy's a better player than the starter. He just needs him to get reps so that he knows what he's doing. And Hussy kind of fits in that category. Our number two, fourth coming, stay with Jeff Campshire 933, Real Talk Radio Warchad TV.